Welcome, everybody, to this live in-person episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast. I don't get to do this enough, so I'm very uh, grateful for the opportunity to be uh, talking in person at the Times Higher Education Digital University's U.S. event here in Chicago. So my guest, uh, Dr. Ann Clancy, I'll have you introduce yourself really quickly, just a brief professional background, and then we'll get into our conversation today, which is focusing on uh, digital equity gaps in higher education. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. So, um, yeah, as you said, I'm Ann Clancy, and I am a higher education advisor for T-Mobile. And what that means is that um, T-Mobile wanted to make sure that we're relevant in the space of higher education, particularly um, to help meet our mission about being the best at connecting people to their world. And so um, they recruited me from the higher ed space. So I spent about uh, 14 years as a full-time tenured faculty member. And the last four of my years in higher ed, I spent as vice president of academic and student affairs um, at an open access community college in the Chicagoland area. So um, my personal mission is really about access and equity in higher education. And so working with T-Mobile on digital equity is something that really matters to me. Yeah, and I think that it's kind of what's interesting is that uh, obviously they're, you know, national, global, you know, uh, company and organization that can sort of have that uh, larger scale impact, but like appreciating your background of like, you know, kind of sharing similar experiences and sort of uh, involvements, uh, you know, to myself and I'm sure many other people listening. So if you do just kind of want to capture briefly, like T-Mobile for Education, the work that they do to just try to help folks get their arms around sort of the, uh, the work that they're doing in this space. T-Mobile is pretty new to having a strategy and vertical around education. It was about three years ago, just just at the beginning or be, right before the start of the pandemic, um, T-Mobile started a Project 10 Million. Um, And what that was is it was for K through 12 students who were on the free and reduced lunch program to be able to have um, free access to high-speed internet through our T-Mobile network with a hotspot. And so um, thus far from that project in 2000, we've deployed about five to six million um, free devices to those K through 12 students. But T-Mobile didn't want to stop in just the K through 12 space. Again, like I said, the mission of T-Mobile is to be the best at connecting people to their world. And in order to do that, it also includes those who are, you know, pursuing their personal goals and objectives through higher education, knowing that there is, you know, the digital divide doesn't just automatically end when somebody graduates high school. So um, about two and a half years ago or two years ago, T-Mobile decided to really think about strategy in higher education and how to expand this work um, to help campuses digitally transform, to really utilize the power of the 5G network that T-Mobile's invested so much in that expands into rural areas where there's not as much access to broadband as there should be, as well as to ensure that um, there is digital equity or at least working towards it. Yeah, and I know just when we're talking about doing this episode, just like kind of clicking in the sense of like, uh, obviously like this was an issue before pandemic sort of uncovered it and that it's continuing and just sort of like trying to like normalize that like kind of like kind of making sure that everybody's on board and sort of the power of hotspot technology anymore it's like yeah it's like you know just this little thing you plug in and you're you're good to go wherever you are and like you know like I use the hotspot on my phone like all the time and just thinking where it's like that sort of like little uh, difference that it can make for a student who is trying to better their lives and this institution who's trying to sort of uh, kind of live up to the promise that they're making that student of like, yes, come here, we, you know, uh, will be supportive of you, but like, they're kind of almost like getting stuck in the door, you know, like they can't even sort of like get started or really be set up for success if they 
you know, anymore don't have reliable, high-quality connectivity, uh, whether it is, like, the device or the network that they're connecting to. So, um, yeah, there's just, like, a really kind of core part of this, and I guess just to kind of give sort of uh, kind of the due diligence here of, like, kind of laying out the context, like, what are you all seeing right now as sort of uh, the context on the digital equity gaps that are happening in higher education, if you can kind of quantify it or sort of just uh, kind of set the stage for like the moment that we're in yeah. right now. So we, we, you know, we've, we've pulled some data. There's not a ton of empirical data out there on this, but um, we do know that 50% of college students experience stress from unreliable internet or device problems. Um, that in itself is a lot. Half of our students are having stress because of, of these access issues. That's a lot. We know that one in 10 or two million college students don't have access to a laptop for school. Of course, many schools provide you know, um, labs, computer labs, there's you know, computers in the library, but that doesn't meet the need of students who are juggling work, who are caretakers, and things like that. So that's two million students that may not be successful because of the lack of resources in order to do their work. And then, um, you know, when we project about the data we have about students who face housing and food insecurity, um, which is three in five, three in five college students face housing or food insecurity, you know, imagine what stress having to have technology and connectivity as part of their higher education to meet their goals um, includes. And so when we look at those data, we think about how might an institution you know, invest in their resources and in, in, in their strategic plan to help meet their equity gaps. Um, you know, I, I to tell you a quick story, when 2018, 2019, when I was um, Vice President of Academic and Student Affairs, you know, the college embarked on an equity plan. It was part of a, so we did a strategic plan and an enrollment plan and an equity plan, and they all kind of flowed up into the strategic plan. But when we were doing the equity plan, um, we worked on, um, you know, high touch, you know, advising to ensure that students had what they needed. We wanted to have co-curricular education for English and math success rates. Um, we, we invested time and energy to think about, you know, first year, first gen college students and their experience, but we didn't think about digital, you know, resources and digital equity as part of that. And, and I look back and I was so remiss to, to have missed that. But the truth is, is that there there weren't data on those pieces. It wasn't part of a high-impact practice that we were looking at. And I, I would argue that we really need, we, you know, the higher education community really needs to look at, especially as, you know, we talk about digital transformation in higher education, as we talk about distance learning, we talk about hybrid, high-flex learning, that we're also thinking about, do the students really have these resources? Just because they're walking around with a phone in their hand doesn't mean that, that they have all of the resources or they even have the digital literacy to, to do what you know, they need. I think we need more data. I think we need more studies. And I think we need to be a little bit more thoughtful about making assumptions about what resource students do have both on and off campus. Maybe just sort of like recontextualizing it for people like historically is like, that's I think a big chunk of the why, like the reason why computer labs exist is like, okay, we're trying to make sure that students can, you know, have all the suites of apps and things on a desktop computer and, you know, have that available to them and like kind of taking that sort of philosophy or that, that value of an institution into kind of the 21st century. And, you know, just being at this event, like, you know, some people are like, oh, so what do you think about, you know, the metaverse and, you know, uh, all these other sort of like really big forces that'll be affecting institutions in the years to come. It's like, 
Sure, but there's still like digital equity gaps. So like there's going to be like sort of a hard stop eventually because there's a lot of students that don't have that reliable, high quality connectivity and that, you know, you know, the work that you and, you know, others are doing in this space, like it provides, you know, such a like nimble sort of flexible solution versus it being, you know, place bound obviously to like a computer lab and uh, those sort of things. But like, I think it is, like you said, like where there's, you know, very little data because I think part of it is like maybe people are not recognizing this is a more like systemic issue that they're maybe just seeing the symptoms come up every once in a while where like uh you know a faculty member maybe you know generously being flexible about you know submitting an assignment or joining a live session or those sort of things but it's like the, the fact that that's coming up if it's for the same student or many other students it's because it's like they're having some unreliable you know access to that uh you know anymore a utility like it is like a required thing kind of like to exist as a human um yeah yeah and you know today you know here here we are at the times higher ed you know digital university summit and you know we've heard a lot of talk about you know faculty moving towards you know changing the way they're teaching to be more maybe let's say digitally conscious right um but there's also an assumption that, and, and, and we know that, you know, resources are provided to full-time tenured faculty members in colleges and universities, but not every college or university utilizes them. And there's also adjunct faculty that may not have the same access to technology and resources that, you know, it's not always a level playing field, even for all of our faculty members. And that's something that has kind of come out in conversations when we're having them with our instructional designers at colleges and universities across the country. And so, you know, I think that as, you know, IT infrastructure and as college universities think about the amount that colleges spend on their Wi-Fi and their IT infrastructure, um, we know that it's at least three quarters of a million dollars, if not more, up to two and a half million dollars on annually on their Wi-Fi and their infrastructure on campus. If we think about yesterday's technology, which is Wi-Fi, and we turn that into tomorrow's technology, which is you know connected devices that rely on wireless cellular connectivity, that means that people can work and learn from anywhere. That's the way that we're going to get about sort of some of this digital equity because it doesn't require um, wires. It doesn't require to do trudging and all of that type of infrastructure. It's It's really in the air. And and I think we need to think about tomorrow's technology a lot more. And if especially when we're getting into thinking about metaversities and we're thinking about, you know, equity in those areas, it is really much easier to achieve if we put our resources into those types of thinking instead of yesterday's thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mind's even going, and I don't know if you have any sort of thoughts on this, but like the kind of like hardware conversations I'm thinking like, you know, yeah, like you, you might lend out sort of uh, laptops and different things, but like, I guess like it's the idea that like a lot of students, yeah, like they're gonna have a phone, they might have a tablet or something else, and like that, it is the idea that like uh, thinking through like you know five G or whatever else, it's like that's gonna be more conducive to uh, facilitating. You know, like you have to like for like a hotspot, like you've got to plug something into a laptop. So it's even just thinking where it's like, okay, if we can even like, I don't know, just try to come at it where it's like. Just that flexibility, I guess, is kind of where my mind is going, like, versus Wi-Fi and everything where it's, like, I don't know. There's just, like, something there, I guess, that my brain is searching for of just sort of, like, the more ubiquity or... Uh, yeah. Ubiquitous connectivity, right? And, and it goes to, again, today's student. 
they want to learn from anywhere and they will learn from anywhere. And, um, you know, we've, we've had conversations with colleges who are spending millions of dollars to put Wi-Fi outside so that their students can sit on the quad, you know, and do their studies. But how much money would you save if you just worked with your local company, make sure that there's good coverage and provide a connected device like an iPad or a tablet or, you know, I'm at, we're, you know, device, um, you know, agnostic here. Right, but, right. Um, it, it just, it, it's the future and it's the way that we need to think about it and also thinking about equity um, and access. Are the, are, those are the big things. But I, it's also an infrastructure conversation and, and thinking about how does a college university look to the future for their infrastructure and, you know, what 5G can bring in terms of privatizing a, a data center for their college university for research dollars and there's a there's a lot that has a that can come with this technology that is accessible and wireless and will help us continue to get into the future for complete digital transformation right we can't have digital transformation unless we're thinking about tomorrow's technology and not yesterday's let's play a game what keywords does your website rank for what doesn't it rank for that you think it should? What are a few opportunities you could be winning on if you tweaked some website copy? Okay, how'd you do? Not great? That's okay. Because our friends at DD Agency want to answer all of those questions for you and then some. DD Agency is a higher ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copies should be tweaked on website pages, and much more. If this sounds like something you could benefit from, give those folks a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. Head on over to enrollify.org slash DDASEO or simply follow the link in the show notes below that will guarantee you a 10% discount off of your audit. Again, Head on over to enrollify.org slash D-D-A-S-E-O to learn more. Now, on to the show. And I guess that's what my brain is thinking of is because, like, yeah, you might have things in some places of your life or something like, you know, Wi-Fi and all that. But, like, you know, even that, again, like, kind of, I think society is starting to move away from that because that is still, like, place-bound where it's like, yeah, I mean, I could get on, you know, Wi-Fi and Starbucks or something, but it's like, one again, place bound, and they're not going to be open all the time. And then, uh, two, like a lot of them, it's like it's super slow. Like it is just like it's not enough to like be able to like do your work efficiently. So to really kind of bring this home too, like I'm curious if you want if you're able to share like you know the impact that this is having. You know when students are able to get more reliable connectivity, just sort of like you know uh, what makes this so important and what's the impact that uh, this type of work is having. Yeah, we're working to get some long-term longitudinal data on this. Um, like I said, we've only been in this space for two years, and and I haven't found really any research for higher ed specifically on you know what providing digital resources, you know, digital equity programs, how it really does impact student success. Except we do have one year, one academic year's data. So we worked with a community college who um, provided a. Um, it was actually a phone that had preloaded resources for food, housing, um, health, including mental health resources, as well as the you know the, all of the campus 
apps, the LMS and the tutoring center and all of that loaded onto the phone as well it was in a limited 5G hotspot. This was deployed to 2,100 students or all of the first year students in the community college. Not the first year students, the iPads cohort, so the first time full time to college. Um, that those students who received those devices had a there was a five percent increase in the fall to spring retention from the previous year's cohort. Now this is one data point and it's short term, but the students who utilize the devices by, by, by measuring only the usage data on the high spot, their course success rate was 100%. So giving students a resource that provided them ubiquitous coverage, that gave them resources at the you know, touch of their fingers to be able to access resources they needed to be successful, ultimately did result in success. And so you know, we're looking um, to partner with schools this coming academic year, um, a private college and a large community college system that's going to provide connected devices um, to all of their first year students. And we're hoping to track those data um, to completion to see how it impacts the student success, course success rate, student retention, student engagement. And of course, those are quantitative data points, but also we want to get some qualitative data points about the student's experience and how they feel having you know, the university and the college provide these types of devices. And those were other data points I didn't mention about the previous um, college that did deploy the devices was that the students felt cared for. They felt like the college was investing in them and that they didn't feel like they would be scrambled without being able to do their work. So, um, you know, I think both the qualitative and quantitative data on that isn't compelling and we want more because we do believe that this is an important campaign, if you will, to um, improve in thinking about digital equity. Yeah, and I think it's really awesome to hear because I think that when I come at a lot of these sort of things, it's like making those investments so you're creating kind of like that culture of care so the student knows they can have the safety net. And that, uh, again, sort of like a, a flexibility with it too where like, you know, certain things, it's like, well, how many students you got on your campus? You're paying for that much. And it's like, you know, usage may vary, but if it's just like, okay, you student A, like you need a device, you need connectivity, like we're going to give it to you. And that's, you know, we can sort of, uh, you know, plan around that sort of, you know, uh, cost structure, I guess, of just like deploying it as needed versus like, I don't know why my mind was sort of like doubling back to this, because I think it's the the intentionality around like, here's a device and it has, you know, the campus app on it or, you know, whatever else and all those sort of things. So like, you know, I'm sure some people may uh, remember, you know, they'll, they'll remember certain school and some, some have done it, or I'm thinking sometimes more of the like, uh, like uh, University of Phoenix and different ones where they're just like, Hey, like enrolled, we'll just like give you an iPad or, you know, like the, there was like no, I'm sure intentionality behind that, or even just any other institution where it's just like, yeah, we give all our students, you know, iPads and all that. And it might have like software on it, but it's like, it's almost like they're probably missing the whole other sort of like student support side of it. Like they're, they're making sure that they can engage academically, which is important, but then you kind of have to like, you know, think through how are we engaging them, you know, in the community. We don't want to deploy devices. We want to deploy resources. And that is sort of the thought behind our, you know, the, when we work with colleges and universities who do want to 
provide, you know, connected devices. And when I say connected, it's because it's that ubiquitous coverage, whether or not they have Wi-Fi or have access to Wi-Fi. Um, we, we will always work with faculty, staff, you know, advisors, whomever the college, you know, wants us to work with to curate apps that we preload so that it is not a device, but it is in, in, in a resource. And so we're, 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 we are working with a college that's going to deploy these for all of their students in the fall of this year. Stay tuned for the press release on that. Um, yeah. But we're working with the faculty during their faculty, you know, back to campus development week, for lack of a better, what they call it, um, to make sure that they're going to be able to implement and utilize the resources that are available because every student is going to have the same thing. So if I'm teaching an anatomy class, there are plenty of apps that are available to, to study and to, you know, touch and play with, um, you know, anatomy um, that, that everybody can have and they are able to do it together, um, whether they're in classroom online, hybrid, high flex, whatever, because everybody has the same resource. And I think that in itself is going to be a really good learning experience. And I think um, for the most part, what my understanding is, is faculty are excited because they know that if they do want to use this type of technology, it's not going to limit anybody's ability to access it. What we're giving is like a resource. Like it's not just like, here's a device, you know, good luck. Like it's, uh, yeah, like that's a, it's a, great sort of philosophy and sort of like the intentionality is sort of what's resonating with me. So, um, and, and I think about, again, if we think about tomorrow, right. I'm using yesterday and tomorrow. And I think is we've, we've heard even at this conference about the importance of thinking about how VR and XR are going to augment teaching and learning. I mean, how we're already seeing it transforming some of that. I don't think it's a matter of if I think it's a matter of when. And so if we're in the practice of thinking about, you know, creating equity, resource equity, digital resource equity. So I think, you know, it's about rethinking the model that we've created in higher ed is, you know, and and I think we've all heard this phrase at one point or another, but, you know, the old assumption was that students need to be ready for higher education. But the truth is, is that higher education needs to be ready for the students. And whatever way they come in and whatever resources they come in, we should be there to help support them um, to be successful because they made a hard step just to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a powerful mindset shift. I think for institutional leaders to be, you know, thinking through like, let's do everything we can to kind of like, you know, uh, be ready for these students, be supportive of them, create that culture of care and, um, yeah, just have sort of a lot of different things at your disposal, whether it is, uh, and I think that's certainly the starting point, like a device and connectivity, but then also, yeah, just everything else, you know, tutoring and, uh, coaching, career support, all these sort of things. And then you can, you can almost like build out from knowing, okay, like they're going to have the connectivity, the apps, the device, and this sort of thing and kind of build out from there. But, uh, speaking of resources and everything, uh, if there's anything that you want to share about, uh, this topic, you know, the work that you all are doing, uh, that we can, uh, direct people towards, uh, kind of- yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate this conversation. And I, I hope folks can see like this is this is a passion of T-Mobile. But it's also a personal passion of mine. And, um, you know, I want to say that right now T-Mobile for education and our higher education space wants to be a thought partner. We want to partner alongside colleges and universities 
to think about the best way to help address some of these issues. Um, we certainly don't have all of the answers, but we do have resources. And so um, certainly we can be found at, you know, on our website, and then you can just search for, t for higher education or T-Mobile for education because we have some resources and some case studies of what we're thinking about doing. But um, also just reach out to us if you are thinking about how to partner um, you know, public-private partnerships are really important these days, and, and um, we are we are happy to sit down and have conversations about what that might look like for for campuses, um, even just even for one classroom, even just to start out to to think about how we might be able to start a pilot or a demonstration project and then expand it. Um, we're we're here to be a thought partner and solve some of these issues together. And folks will be able to likely find uh, this uh, session recorded later. But like one of the things that I said in a session that I was moderating earlier was like, start somewhere. Like that's just a big thing where it's like, you know, some of the panelists were sharing anecdotes about how they, you know, got started working in the space 25 years ago. And at least was sort of like some foundation, some sort of, you know, frame of reference or just sort of like part of their culture of thinking in this way. And I think you know, something that I'm going to keep repeating as many times as I can get out to conferences to say it is like just thinking with that like digital first mindset, like you're going to have this, which, uh, you know, having an asset, a resource like this helps your on-ground students, your hybrid, your fully online. Like it's just, it's good for everybody. And uh, yeah, it's just where I think, you know, institutions need to go is be thinking with that kind of digital first mindset. And there's a lot of reasons why to do it, and especially this one for sure, uh, is closing these, you know, digital equity gaps. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely a lot of great stuff on the, the website that folks can check out. But uh, as always, uh, we give our guests the opportunity to wrap everything up with a final thought, call to action uh, to finish this off here. So um, the floor is yours. How would you like to uh, bring it all home? Thank you. I, I think I'd just leave this thought is that, you know, the, the big talk right now in higher education is digital transformation. And my question is to ponder, what does digital transformation mean if there is not equal access and equity digitally? So let T-Mobile for Education come and be a partner with you to think through that. Um, and, and if we don't have the answers, we certainly have a lot of partners with our, you know, national reach to bring in and and think through it with us. Yeah. So I appreciate this time. It's been a great conversation. And um, I certainly would love to, to follow up if, if you have any, you know, burning questions or, you know, maybe a year from now when we have some more data, um, I'd love to share that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's getting to the point too where I feel like I've talked to a lot of people who are just like, I'm probably going to have to like tap people on the shoulder to come back again, <laughs> especially when it's like sort of yeah. checking in on a particular thing. But yeah, I mean, this is this is great stuff. And I think just a great, I think, reminder in spaces like this. And I'm glad that I've been noticing some other people kind of bringing this up is like, okay, when you're when we're talking about a lot of this stuff, like who is it going to be leaving behind? You know, like you have to sort of be considerate of how you're kind of uh, widening the scope and kind of inclusivity of, you know, all these various digital transformations that institutions are making. So, yeah, just thank you so much for your time and for hanging out. And uh, so glad to get to do this with us. It's been great. Thanks so much. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. 
Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.